propose to you that there are going to be three scenarios that you won't see this morning. One is that you go down there and, uh, and whoever is serving behind there, they're going to ask you what you like and you'll say, I'll have a cup of coffee, thanks. No cup. I'll just have the coffee, thanks. And uh, yeah, could you just cup your hands like this, put the coffee in there and just follow me around and uh, when I want to have a mouthful, I'll just, could you raise your hands up and I'll have a, I'll have a sip. Not going to happen? All right. Or they'll say, what you like? I'll have a cup of coffee. No coffee. Thanks. I'll just have the cup. Right. Not going to happen? Or what you like? I'll have a cup of coffee. They hand it to you, full of coffee, and you go, oh, wow. <laughs> what a... What an amazing cup. <laughs> Unlikely to happen. And yet, look at this cup. This is made of paper. This is a disposable cup, and it's made of paper, and yet you won't have any worries about receiving a hot cup of coffee or tea in this. And it will last until that thing goes cold, and it won't be affected. It's a pretty amazing um, marvel of engineering. There's an there's a engineer somewhere and a designer somewhere, very clever, who've probably got a row of these on their wall as trophies of how they, they met a supply and delivery problem. It's very clever. So by now, I've figured that you know where I'm going with this. We are these vessels. And we're disposable by our very nature. But again, inspired by Dallas over there, we're not just disposable, we're essential, or, or he's essential. We are indispensable. It's a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. Not just, I'll have a coffee, thanks. Ever seen the Mr. Bean movie? Doesn't have time to make a coffee. Spoon in, milk, <laughs> hot water. I've never enjoyed a cup of coffee like that. Okay. These are designed to carry or store the thing that goes in it. That's the important stuff. This is just the carrier. And in 2 Timothy, um, in chapter 2, I can read that up there. Let's just jump down to, chapter, uh, to verse 20. We'll start there. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honour, some for dishonour. Therefore, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, so going back to verse 15, cleanses himself from, says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We carry the word of truth in our vessel. That's what we do. And when, so our job is that we cleanse ourselves from whatever else. We present ourselves before God with the word of truth properly in there. And that makes us a vessel of honour. So it's tempting to think that there are vessels of gold and silver. They're the honour vessels. And then there's wood and clay. They're the dishonour vessels. Well, that's not what the scripture says. It just says there are both in a great house, some for honour, some for dishonour. 
And I like to say in our house, we have, and like probably all of you, there are special vessels. You bring them out once a year or for a special occasion. We have Christmas vessels that we bring out at Christmas time. The rest of the time, where do they sit? In the china cabinet. When it's time, we go and unlock the china cabinet and bring them out. But the rest of the time, they just sit. But we have vessels there at home that we use every day. And they're just banged around in the sink and put on the shelves. They use every day. I was going to say that we have three, three levels of honour in our house. So if people come to visit and it's just a friends popping in or the neighbour pops in or whatever, you just get the common vessels. It's just a cup of coffee. We're having a cup of coffee. It's just we pull it out of the cupboard. Here it is. But if you've been invited, because it's a special occasion, we'll unlock the china cabinet and pull out the nice stuff. This is the, you know, have a nice cup of coffee. Right? Then there's another level beyond that. So that's like intermediate level. And then there's another level where when it's a really important occasion, we just bring out the common stuff. Because it's not this that's the important thing. It's what we're talking about. We're having a conversation. Who cares about the cup? Right? Because there's another level above that where we're doing that and then we bring out the really good stuff. Right. <laughs> Just to confuse you. All right. Can I also say that the vessels, you know, the common vessels, they're the ones that carry the weight. You know, the special stuff is kind of like, don't ship that. But the, but the everyday stuff, that's what carries the weight of the day. And um, that's the stuff that we love. We got stuff there Pam bought when she was a teenager that we use every day. Some we've actually worn the pattern off. All right, talking about vessels. Okay, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, at verse 5, yes, yeah, so, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord. And ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who is shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of ourselves. And you know, everyone I'm sure would like to think that I'd, you know, I'd like to be a vessel made of gold, thanks, rather than clay. Wouldn't, wouldn't that, you know? But when you think about the glory that we carry in our vessel, it doesn't matter whether you're made of gold or made of gold. Your glory will be insignificant, of, it's totally irrelevant to his glory. So I'm happy to be clay, thanks. Here's the, here's the thing, as, as dull vessels, you know, we carry this treasure to a world that is totally lost, willfully blind, and madly indifferent. Isn't that right? So often. And I was thinking to myself, you know, we, you know our, our job is to... You know, I'm handing you a cup of the presence of the Lord. Please drink. And most of those people that we offer that to, not interested. Some will hear and some of those will respond. 
So it's kind of like, God, <laughs> why? Why, use, why create us as these clay vessels to carry your glory? Why don't you just do it yourself? How much faster and easier would that be? Just bang, you know, people walk down the street and God jumps out from behind a bush. Bang, here I You know, bang, here I am, the power and the glory. You know, you're going to get saved. People are going to fall on their face and get saved. Why doesn't he do that? Why us? You know, it's like the clunky way of doing stuff. Well, we carry his glory. And we're talking to other vessels that are just earthen vessels. It's just earthen vessels to earthen vessels. And, you know, Jesus, now can I just say that, you know, as vessels, the more they get used, the more they get chipped, cracked, broken. You know, the more we use our vessels, the more we love them. Isn't that right? You know, we have our favourite vessels. I have my favourite spoon. You know, please don't use my spoon when you come. And it's old and it's chipped and scratched. All right. Jesus performed many miracles. And in in the early days, it attracted a huge crowd. People flocked to him for the miracles. But the closer he got to, thanks Melita, the closer he got to the cross, the more the crowd thinned. To write to when he got to the cross, there was no one. And it was only after the resurrection, and this is a really interesting thing, I just shared this with Peter, it was like a little light bulb went on. You know, the first sermon preached was Peter. And how many people got saved? 3,000 people got saved. But Peter was the cracked cup just beforehand. He failed Jesus miserably. And yet God goes, yeah, I love that cup cracked it all and you're going to preach my first sermon and 3,000 people are going to make a decision and this is the key thing I, I can't emphasize this enough Jesus could jump out from behind a bush and go yeah here I am but we are the ones the dull earthen vessels chipped and cracked who carry this amazing message to people who are chipped and cracked and full of the wrong kind of stuff and that's the important thing They have got to make a decision themselves against the flow of what the world says. And it can't be, you know, if Jesus jumped out, it can't be, yeah, wow, I'm I'm now a Christian, until the first pressure hits. When you make that decision in spite of everything, then that decision sticks. So he he wants decisions to stick, that you make a decision... um, you know, you might make a decision for Christ in an emotional state. But, you know, it doesn't really matter. At some point, you're going to, you know, cement that in. This is the, this is the thing. I heard, I heard someone talk one day about, you know, when you have a crisis. She said, what happens in a crisis is that you, you, you're like you're in your tower and you start falling through the floors. You know, you're crashing through the floors. When are you going to hit the ground or, 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 or when are you going to stop falling? You either stop falling when you hit the, the bottom floor 
or you hit a floor that is bedrock for you. This is my non-negotiable floor. I may give up everything that I ever thought, I ever believed about God, I will give that up. But one thing I won't give up is God himself. That's your foundation floor. And that might be the 10th floor. It doesn't have to be the, the bottom floor. It may be the bottom floor. But if, if that's the foundation of your life, this is, I don't care what happens to me. In fact, you know, all of the disciples basically lost their life, except for probably John, because they came to a place where it was this, this far and no further. You, you, can't, you can't push me off this one. I'm holding fast on this. And that's why it's so important that we, the cracked, broken vessel, share the truth of the glory in here to the lost so that they can make that the same decision too. Anyway, where am I? Um, sorry, and that, that is what makes us indispensable. So we, we're made disposable, but the essence of it is that we're actually indispensable. And the, and the growth of maturity in God is that we go from being disposable to being indispensable. And the ultimate is that we become indistinguishable. We are the him. So just to sort of underline that, one of our, the very famous passages of scripture in the Old Testament is Ezekiel 37, the Valley of the Dry Bones. Are you all familiar with the Valley of the Dry Bones? <clears throat> that goes like this. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, trick question, son of man, can these bones live? It's kind of like a landmine. Ezekiel dodges it. I don't know. You know. Then he goes on. He said to me, you hear what he says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to come into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So now, the creator of the universe just spoke those words in the midst of the valley of dry bones and not one bone moved. So Ezekiel, he says, I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and a rattling and the bones came together, bone upon bone, sinew upon sinew. And here's the interesting thing, no breath. Now God had said, prophesied of these bones and breath will come into them but breath was the last thing that happened the bones came together because the reality is the bones had to come together first before the breath can come in but what god was saying is this is what is going to ultimately happen when you prophesy how it actually pans out in the process may not be as it is but in the end result was exactly what he said so here's ezekiel Simply saying what God told him to say. So when he spoke it, it was as if God had spoken it. It was with the same authority. 
and here and say this is really important for us too that we understand that the glory that we carry is that anointing and of course then flipping over to again a very common scripture in revelation chapter 19 and this is john and he falls at the feet of the angel he said i fell at his feet to worship him but he said to me see that you do not do that i'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of jesus worship god for the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy so as believers and it doesn't matter how old we are in the lord we can be one day old in the lord or a hundred years old in the lord we carry you know, that presence of god in us so when we speak those words that he has put in us we are in effect prophesying because we are declaring what is true and it's not just declaring what is true we're declaring the truth again melita touched on this this is this is about um this is the truth of the universe this is the word of god and when we speak it or even just live it we're just living our life around we are making a declaration this is this is the truth um, it's, it's a, bit, a bit like a signpost. Um, you know when you're driving on the road, you're coming up the range and there's a sign, Toowoomba, with an arrow. That's not a suggestion. It's a signpost. Toowoomba's that way. <laughs> not that way. Right. Or there's a, a round circle with the number 60 in it. It's not a suggestion. It's a declaration. So when we speak doesn't matter what we're saying when we're talking about the things of the Lord. Ever tried to share the truth of the gospel with someone and they weren't interested? I've had people scoff at me and almost bend over in double without exaggerating. I'm telling you, they bent in double, ha ha, laughing at it. <laughs> it's true. Well, was I wrong? Did I say something that was a lie? Did I declare the truth? Was it them who didn't receive it so the truth still stands and there will come a day oh my gosh there will come a day when they'll go i didn't know this um uh, excuse me let me just rewind the video to show you where you missed it that's a really you know it's like um we went to the footy one day down in brisbane anytime ever done it and then when the footy's over there's this mad crowd that leaves the footies you know, and they all go into town. And there's thousands of people all walking into town. And there was a street preacher. I thought, good on you, mate. And he's up there and he's preaching his heart out. And there were catcalls and scoffing and all that kind of stuff from the crowd. I'm thinking, if only you knew how important that message that you're just whizzing past, how <laughs> this is life-changing, you know, and even this, just think about this for a minute. Let's say no one ever gets to them, never hear the gospel, but they're raised in a Western community, Australia, England, America. And they stand before God and, and God goes, you didn't give your life to me. No one told me. Um, isn't just down on the corner of your street, isn't there a church? Catholic church, Baptist, Calathumpian? Does it matter? It's there, and you walk past it every day, and you never even looked. That, I think that will be a scary day. Anyway, 
spirit of prophecy. Okay, going to close with this. You, you know about the Great Commission in, at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. But how is this for Great Commission? Isaiah 61. So when Jesus launched his ministry, this is very early on in his ministry, and he's in Nazareth, is that right? And he goes into the synagogue and he's given the scroll of Isaiah and he opens up to 61 and he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. Let me start again. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because the Lord has anointed you to preach, the, uh, to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And Jesus stopped at this. He said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is what his ministry at that time was to do. But if you go on, because now we're 2,000 years later, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I'd just like to draw your attention to these things. He says to preach. Can I just make a, draw a difference, Peter? I trust you would agree with this. You know, I can share, or someone can get up with a microphone and they can share. But preaching is when you're making a declaration. You're, you're declaring, this is truth. And you might be doing that with your neighbour or your work colleague. And it might only be a sentence. Might only get, there's a sliver of opportunity and you take it and you just make one sentence. You've just actually preached. Because it's a declaration of truth. Not just sharing your testimony. You know, it's a declaration. Preaching, good news, good tidings to the poor. He has sent you to the brokenhearted. He has sent you to the brokenhearted. They're there and you've been sent to proclaim liberty to the captives. Not just to go, oh, you know, you got liberty. To proclaim liberty. You know, this is, the, this is a really powerful thing in this scripture here. That when Jesus died and he went down into Hades and he took the keys and you know you can play the little video in your mind if you like you know a couple of little slaps you know <laughs> thank you he comes out of there with the keys he has the keys of the kingdom all those prisons have been loosed the doors are wide open you don't need to be prayed for to be loosed from the prison because it happened 2,000 years ago what you need to do is to walk out or, you know, you're telling someone, you can walk out of prison. And here's the difference. It says, proclaiming liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. There are captives and there are prisoners, and they're different. Captives are those who weren't really doing anything wrong. They just find themselves captives. But prisoners are those who have done something wrong, got caught, went to court, went to jail. You're, you're a prisoner. You've got captives and prisoners. The end result is exactly the same. No difference. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's a 
you know, to become a Christian is a pronouncement of freedom. Your debt has been paid in full forever. All you have to do is walk out. It's our calling to proclaim you are free. To those who are lost, still lost, you're free. You are free. This is the good news. Preach to the poor. Okay. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay. That's where my notes run out. So what I want to do is this. I really believe emphatically that we are living in the most um, calamitous days ever on the face of the earth. If the, if the great tribulation is on the horizon, then we are living in the most um, unique days. There's nothing like it that has ever been in, the, in time before. Now, I think, Peter, you were just sharing this a couple of weeks ago, that um, just pointing out that if you're alive today, it's not by chance. It's by divine appointment. You're here because this is when God planned you to be. And he planned who your parents would be, who your children are going to be, you know, all that stuff. He's taken care of all of that. You are here by divine appointment to carry this message to those. And you and I have that authority, that, you know, the authority to declare what is truth. And I absolutely believe that, there, that we are going to see amazing um, encounters in God here on a Sunday morning, but out wherever you find yourself during the week, wherever you go, God is going to actually set up divine appointments for you. Mm-hmm. That wherever you go, you're going to, he's going to send you. Actually, write a couple of little notes here just this morning. Um, these are the days of sending. There are going to be people here who, who feel that God is sending them. You know, or repositioning you. Like, you know, the, the pieces of chess on a board being repositioned. There is a, a commissioning and, and establishing. We're going to see divine appointments and we're going to be part of divine strategies. If you feel this morning that there's a stirring in your heart, not just from this morning, but you know that God has been saying something to you, that there's a stirring, that there's... Perhaps something you can't actually put your finger on or you might know exactly what it is, that there's a... It's like I'm in the right place at the right time. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there is something that God has got for me. And maybe you look at yourself and you go, I'm full of craps, <laughs> craps. cracks, <laughs> chips. That's cracks and chips combined. I feel like that most of the time. <laughs> a bit of discolouring. And, you know, there's times when I'm carrying stuff I ought not to carry in my cup, my crack cup and all. Where was I going with this? <laughs> Help me, Peter. Even though, that, even though that you may look at yourself and go... I, I have got nothing to offer. Look, you know, look at me. I've got no past. You know, I'm not worthy in any way. What we have to do to be worthy is what he said. Make, put what you put into yourself needs to be sanctified. 
And when you're doing that, in the process of doing that, it won't matter about the quality of the cup. He's got that under control. And the more cracks and chips, <laughs> not the better it is, but it's like it's irrelevant. You could be made of gold. Who cares? You know, compared with his glory. So, if there's something that you feel that, that you'd like to have prayer over, then the altar is open. If we need music team, you're welcome, guys. Um, but this, you know, I'm, I'm a great believer in, first I'm a believer in, in praying for people. That's absolutely vital. But also I'm a believer in getting before God yourself. You know, getting on your knees before God and, and or in that quiet time where you go, Lord, I have nothing to offer you except that I can offer me to you. And that's enough. All right. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> that's enough, he said. That was pretty good.